everyone. Welcome to You Plus Me Equals RP, a podcast dedicated to all of those wonderful and creative RPers out there, all the way from written roleplay, tabletop, and even LARPing. Every week, I'll scour the internet and bring to you some of the very best storylines, roleplay groups, and profiles that are in need of sharing and even filling. Maybe you need to stretch your creative legs? Well, I, Helen Kirsch, will be here to help you with that. First things first, you're probably wondering why I even care about roleplay. Or honestly, how does one get into the roleplay universe? And that is a good question. A little back history on my experience. I've been roleplaying since I was about 15 years old. Uh, so that would make it about 19 years total. It started with Buffy the Vampire Slayer forums on Yahoo. I used to be part of a small email group that was supposed to be like a, a watchers society type group. We shared emails with each other about what the Slayers were up to and the, you know, sort of ongoings of the vampires and the demons. It was actually really fun for a while until one of the members started thinking it was real and ruined it for everyone by essentially calling the police on some of the members. And I'll go into a little bit more detail about that uh, another time. And after this happened, I took some time off and then I joined MySpace and I had a normal profile on there with my personal information. And I saw this uh, profile that was of a Yoda. And I was like, wait a second, what, what, what is this? And that's when I was like, wait, there's a whole universe inside of MySpace that people create a profile for this character and then portrayed that character. Um, my very first role play character on there was Lorna Dane from the X-Men. Obviously it was from the comic books. The show hadn't actually come out yet. So uh, it was Lorna Dane and I met one of my long-term boyfriends on there as well. And after a few years of role playing on MySpace, it kind of started to go downhill with a lot of drama, uh, which does tend to happen sometimes. My now ex-boyfriend created a lot of enemies, which caused some people to hunt and report our profiles. A lot of them were deleted and it kind of killed RP for me for a while. It's, it's really hard losing a profile when you put so much work and effort into it, especially if it was for as long as this one was active. Not only do you lose all of your stories that you've sent to other people, but you also lose all the work that you and someone else may have put into a storyline. When I wanted to go back into it, MySpace was pretty much dead and had shifted dramatically toward the music scene. That's when I found Roleplayer, uh, roleplayer.me, and it kind of ushered in an entirely new era of RP. Uh, they kept the original layouts of MySpace back when the roleplay was at its best. Um, and this is where I've currently got a few roleplay profiles of my own that I've been writing off and on for the last few years. It's always difficult to find time to write when you're tired after working. So now that I'm home due to the coronavirus, I have a lot more time to get back into writing. I'll kind of go back on occasion in the next few episodes or even future episodes. And I'll tell you some about the drama with the storylines and the people that I've experienced with while writing. Some of them are still my friends now and I'll kind of talk to you a little bit about them. I definitely don't want to make every episode about my stuff. Not only is there a possibility that you'll be bored out of your mind, but I don't want to make this about me. This is all about 
all the other RPers out there and your storylines and the things that you've experienced. Stay tuned and I'll get into a little bit about the lingo of RP. Each week, I'll be taking a moment to discuss some lingo, rules, and just general things that people do or are not supposed to do during roleplay. Today, I wanted to ease some people into the wording of roleplay. These are mostly for beginners and people who may not have been around the world of RP. Um, If you're listening to this podcast because you expected some kinky new information to use in the bedroom, unfortunately, you're going to have to wait for a patron-only episode. Kidding? Or... Am I? <laughs> anyway, roleplay has many tiers. And when I say tiers, I literally mean levels. All our peers will describe themselves in basic categories. One-liner, semi, para, multi-para, and novella. Now, there is some debate about these and at what point someone may jump from para to multi-para or multi-para to novella. But these are just some basic information to help you decide what you may describe your own writing. Feel free to message me if you want to add anything or if you need to correct me on anything. I'm completely open to that. You can send me an email or message me on my profiles. Let's start with a one-liner. A one-liner RPer is someone who generally sticks to writing short responses with little description. They may use language or like a, a little bit description of what they're doing, such as, thanks, she said as she smiled politely at him. This might be difficult if you're looking to have storylines that extend beyond a few sentences. Uh, Most of these RPers are very much the, um, hi, how are you kind of RPer. They'll send you messages and comments very quickly. Uh, They may go back and forth in comments with each other, but for the most part, they're, they're very clipped, I guess you can say. They're very, very minimal in what they describe. The semi-RPer will go beyond the single sentence and use set of more than just one. Um, they'll use a few sentences that nearly make up an entire paragraph. So they may say something like, Thanks, she said as she smiled politely at him and accepted the bouquet of roses. These are really beautiful. I think I'll put them in water right away. She rushed out of the room. The sound of drawers opening and closing was evident before water echoed from behind the closed door. Again, very short, but there is more description there. You can hear it much more than a one-liner would give you. Now, a para-RPer will often go for five or more sentences. Uh, You'll probably get more language and description from this person. So that original description uh, for the semi-RPer may go much more beyond that. She may actually exit. She may bring the flowers with her, maybe set them up. Still minimal, but much more description. Uh, Multi-para and novella RPer will tend to be much more descriptive. Uh, There is some debate as to how much writing is necessary for someone to go from multi-para to novella. For a multi-para RPer, you're generally going to write about, you know, anywhere between two to five paragraphs. A novella is well beyond the five paragraphs and can often go on for pages. You may wonder why someone would go that far and go beyond that. And I can tell you that reading a novella response that is wonderfully crafted by someone with impeccable spelling and grammar can be very much like reading a wonderful novel. It makes you want to be a better writer. Now, I can also tell you that I've come across a wide variety of literacy in each of these tiers. 
I've read wonderfully written one-liners, and then I've read novella responses that had to be put through a translator because most of the words were spelled incorrectly. And so just because someone writes long responses, it doesn't make them a great RPer and vice versa. I also wanted to say that everyone deserves the right to RP and to do what they want. I'm not here to bully anyone or say anyone is more preferable over another. We all have our choices and we all have the right to those choices. All are valid. Uh, I prefer novella myself uh, and multi-para depending on my time. Usually what I tend to do when I role play with someone is I'll ask them what they prefer. Um, or if they give me a two paragraph starter, uh, starter is something that you give someone to kind of kick things off. Uh, I will respond in kind. And sometimes, you know, we'll go beyond that. Or maybe I'll feel really inspired by our, our idea. And I might go beyond that. But either way, I tend to go with what the other person is comfortable with. I don't want to overwhelm someone and I don't want to, I don't want to say insult them because it's not really insulting, but I don't want them to feel like you're trying to outdo them. So when we come back, I'll be talking a little bit about the written world of role play and some ongoing stories that are there. So stay tuned. Today, I wanted to take a moment to discuss some ongoing storylines in one world in particular. Eventually, I do want to broaden this discussion to multiple worlds per episode, but because the podcast is still in its infancy and there are so many worlds out there, I'm going to be relying heavily on you guys to send me your information on your storylines. It's very difficult to contact people, read through their comments or blogs, and to figure out what they're talking about or what's going on, so I would prefer if you guys would send me your stuff, um, if that's okay with you guys. This one I know directly about because it's one that I'm actively writing myself, which makes this much easier. I know that there is this new-ish show on right now that is a remake of an old one. It's called Roswell, New Mexico. And this new show actually has a decent sized following. I think it's even in season two right now. I've seen the first episode and it's not really something that's held my interest. It was very similar to the original show, but it takes place with Max, Isabel, Michael, Liz, Alex, etc. as adults. Uh, they changed a lot of the characters and kind of made it more sex heavy. And I personally prefer the old Roswell with Sherry Appleby, Jason Bear, Michael Fair. Uh, it, it's a lot more dramatic and it doesn't feel like at least the the old show didn't feel like they were being crowbarred together. Uh, the new one kind of seems like they're being forced all in one location, and I'm just not really a fan. Uh, there are a few people that do prefer the new one, and there's also a group of people that do prefer the old one. And there is a group of people right now on Roleplayer that are roleplaying the older Roswell show, and they've actually been looking for characters for their storylines. It does appear that Liz Parker is one of the more popular characters, surprise, surprise, um, with two currently very active writers. I am one of them, yes. Uh, there are two Max Evans and there are two Marias. I did see a Michael Guerin and an Isabel Evans, but they kind of log on on occasion. Uh, they'll send a message, but there doesn't really appear to be any active writing from them yet. Yes, Liz Parker that I play is novella, and I'm still very much looking for a Max Evans who can totally rock the RP scene with me. 
So if you think you're up for it and you think you can do the whole novella thing or you are a novella RPer who would love to play a Max Evans, add my Liz Parker. My roleplayer.me ID is 1601668. I also have a very good friend who is a novella Maria on there who is looking to RP with a Michael Guerin. Can't seem to find one that's active. So if you want to RP with her as Michael, and that seems like a great character for you, add her at roleplayer.me1602304. I'm also going to include all the roleplayer information on the roleplayer.me site for this podcast, which is ID number 1604302. I'm working on getting a web page up, but of course the money's not there right now. Uh, it's a little bit of a factor. So I'm sticking with the free stuff until I can get that up and running. Anyway, I've started a storyline with each of the Max Evans and my Maria. Um, two of them I'm actually really excited about. In these storylines that we've started, we've kind of incorporated the idea of the coronavirus into the RP. In our version, the virus was actually created by an alien hunter who injected it into Isabel, not realizing that because Isabel is partly human, that it would mutate and would spread to infect actual humans and aliens alike. It spreads very much like the virus is doing now. Isabel is dead and it's up to Max and Liz, and in another case, Liz and Maria, to travel back to 2001 to stop the hunter. In 2001, the other versions of themselves are currently going about their day. Max and Liz are enjoying a date because Tess is now officially out of the picture and they're kind of wanting to go back to normal. The hunter that kills Isabel will eventually crash their date. So they're going to travel back to this time because that was the only time and place that they know he's going to be. They have to kill him. Well, they actually can't kill him. The future selves can't. They have to figure out how to get their younger selves to do it, which actually could damage their future selves in the long run. So I'm going to read a little bit of an excerpt from a response I sent. I have my own permission, of course. Uh, Later on, when I get more listeners and people want me to start talking about their storylines, I'll be happy to do the same for you guys. Somewhere in Washington, the idea made her flinch. The word kill and killers, while seemed so mundane and normal coming from her own mouth, was completely out of place coming from his. In the last few weeks, Liz had felt herself put a distance between the world and her emotions. She had watched some of her very best friends become sick, and a few even die. The world was becoming a very cold and unforgiving place, and she could feel herself slipping with it. There were some hard choices that she was going to have to make in the next few days, and she was going to protect Max from having to make them. If we have to kill one person to save thousands, I'll do it, Max. Liz wanted to bury herself in his chest and stay enfolded in his arms for the next year, but she took a step back and began pacing in the kitchen. Moving her hands and legs allowed her to focus on the situation and not on hiding. I've been thinking a lot about this, Max. Whatever your past self had come to change did work. He disappeared when you saw me. This is different. This was something that we haven't done yet, and that could work. A part of her wanted to start cleaning, but the kitchen was already immaculate. Nothing was out of place, and the countertops had been scrubbed to within an inch of their life. It could have been Max or Liz that had been the last one to do a thorough cleaning of this room. It's hard to say at this point. 
Liz restrained herself and stopped, turning on the spot to face him. If we take the hunter out of the equation back then, we could hopefully take this virus out of the equation too. I don't like the idea of killing, but it might be the only chance anyone has. And Max, we can't be the ones to do it. Liz was dreading this part of the conversation, but it was necessary. We can't be the ones to kill him. We have to somehow convince someone in the past to do it, which means possibly changing our past selves for the future. This was the driving force for her hesitancy and her fear that this would change much more than their past. Their future may have unforeseen consequences too. What if this choice made one of them bitter? What if they ended up pushing the other away? Liz was certain that one of their teenage selves would have to kill the hunter because it would be an unchangeable action. If future Liz or Max killed the hunter, thereby changing the future so they didn't need to go back there, then it never happened and would be undone. Now, a fixed person in the past would have to do it. With a free hand, Liz ran it through her long brown hair, ruffling the waves that had appeared when she grew it longer than her shoulders. For years, she had kept it very short, only to her chin. It was easier when they ran, to not have to keep it brushed or styled. Since they had settled down into a somewhat normal and mundane existence, she felt that keeping it long was almost like a trophy. That was going to change again. With the death of a hunter, she knew that they would be actively sought. Like flies to honey, the hunters would pick up the pace and track down the killers. Get anything you need, and we'll head there to try changing history. There. He met Roswell. They would need to go to the place where it all began to change what had happened. The green backdrop of Washington was in such stark contrast to the beige muted colors of the desert. Liz had almost forgotten about their home and the place they had come from. She watched him leave, disappearing into the bedroom to grab what they needed. Should she tell him that she was already packed? That she had considered going on her own but just didn't know how she could even operate the things she needed? If Liz could have done this on her own, to spare her husband, the love of her life, her best friend, from all of this, she would have done it in a heartbeat. Now she was dragging him in. She wasn't even sure they would succeed, but they weren't going anywhere until it was done. This wasn't a future to come back to, and she wasn't going to come back here. So this was after we had already gone back and forth a bit. After this, I jumped to the past where Liz and Max are on their date, doing a very typical Max-Liz date on the roof of the crashdown sort of thing. So my fellow role players, send me your stories. I want to hear about what you're up to and what sorts of things that you've been writing about with others. We can kind of do our own version of LeVar Burton Reads uh, with our own writings. I'll be happy to share your stuff. Just, you know, gotta get permission from your writing partner and I'll share it with others. So add me on the roleplayer.me slash 1604302. Up next, we'll talk some tabletop games. Now, tabletop games are a special breed of their own. People are most familiar with games like D&D, and there are so many people that play D&D that it's no longer the stigma of geeks in their parents' basement. You can listen to podcasts that play it, you can watch shows that play it, and, and you can even go online and play with people from all over the world. It's also not just limited to D&D. So there's a Firefly and Serenity roleplay game. There's a Call of Cthulhu roleplay game. There's Fiasco, which is its own roleplay game, which I will actually talk about in a later episode because it's very much roleplayer slash tabletop. 
So essentially, it's just written role play, but with the conversation dice rolling instead of you taking the time out to write your responses. It's a much faster version of role play uh, or written role play. Uh, something that you can do if you don't feel comfortable writing your character out their actions and words. I've been searching through Roll20.net and there are a lot of people that are looking for players as well as DMs or dungeon masters to participate and lead in their sessions. Some of them cost money, but most do appear to be free. And the first one that popped up when I uh, looked on the site was a pay to play. And the synopsis goes something like this. Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. Diabolical dangers await in this adventure for the world's greatest role-playing game. Welcome to Baldur's Gate, a city of ambition and corruption. You've just started your adventuring career, but already you find yourself embroiled in a plot that sprawls from the shadows of Baldur's Gate to the front lines of the planes-spanning blood war. Do you have what it takes to turn infernal war machines and nefarious contracts against the Archdevil's Arrayal and her diabolical hordes? And can you ever hope to find your way home safely when pitted against the infinite evils of the Nine Hells? I mean, that sounds pretty interesting to me. So if you're interested in this kind of storyline, it's $15 a week paid via PayPal, and they meet on Mondays through voice chat. Uh, we're all stuck inside, so if you want to play some Baldur's Gate, Here's your chance. And next week I'll talk more about tabletop games. Uh, so if this isn't your idea of a good time, maybe next week I'll have a better one for you. Or you can even check out Roll20.net and see if there are any of those that tickle your fancy. LARPing. Oh, how I love LARPing. The costumes are what really interests me. And I was never able to have the money to buy one and I definitely don't have the ability to make one. I'm not that talented and they do tend to have some of the most beautiful costumes that I've ever seen. LARPing.org has some really amazing designs and ideas if you're interested in actually getting involved with live action role play. They also have some amazing pictures and categories that you can browse to kind of find your niche. A little bit about LARPing what it is and what it's not. Uh, Wikipedia says that it is a live action role playing or LARP. It's a form of role playing game where the participants in real life physically portray their characters. The players pursue goals with the fictional setting represented by the real world while interacting with each other in character. The outcome of player actions may be mediated by game rules or determined by consensus among players. Uh, event arrangers called Game Masters decide the setting and rules to be used and facilitate the play. First LARPs were run in the late 1970s and were inspired by tabletop role-playing games and genre fiction. The activity spread internationally during the 1980s and has diversified into a wide variety of styles. Play may be very game-like, or it may be concerned with dramatic or artistic expression. Events can also be designed to achieve educational or political goals. The fictional genres used vary greatly from realistic modern or historical settings to the fantastic or futuristic eras. Production values are sometimes minimal, but can involve elaborate venues and costumes. LARPs range in size from very small private events that may last a couple hours, to large public events with thousands of players lasting for days. 
you might be familiar with the Renaissance Fair. Um, sometimes Comic-Con can kind of be considered LARPing. Um, and then if you think about all of the, the Union and Confederate reenactments, that is technically role play. I know that they think that they're just reenacting something, but it's educational in a lot of ways. So therefore, I would consider that LARPing. Today, I decided to go with the post-apocalyptic LARPs because, you know, reasons. And uh, there's a group in Kansas City, Missouri that has a Fallout-themed LARP, and it just looks absolutely amazing. It could be because their picture is all of them dressed up in various wasteland gear, and then there's one guy in a polo and tan khakis holding a beer with a huge smile on his face. Um, the description reads, quote, We are a Fallout-themed post-apocalyptic group based in Kansas City area, but hold events throughout Missouri and neighboring states. A group set up like a big family environment and a different play style than standard LARPs that leave a lot more options and free movement or play with a lighter rule base. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. So this actually sounds really fun. I would love to kind of get into a Fallout-themed LARP. Uh, that's one of the the cooler sides of LARPing to me. Uh, right now, I'm not sure they're meeting. Actually, I'm probably pretty positive they're not meeting right now. Um, but if you're in the Kansas City area after the coronavirus has died down, you might want to consider checking them out. And then let me know what you thought. I'm a bit too far to travel out there, but eventually I am hoping to check out some of these LARPing groups and then report back to you with my experiences. <laughs> All right, everyone, I think I've talked your ear off enough for one episode. I'm going to leave you with a bit of a writing prompt. I want you guys to write about the feelings of a person cleaning up a terrible mess. It doesn't matter who it is, maybe a character of yours, maybe yourself. Send it to me and I'll read one of them here next week. And with that, I want to thank everyone for listening. Don't forget to check out the podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you guys can check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash you, me, RP and help out, I would really appreciate it. Anyone who pitches in will get additional content and a shout out on here. I'd also love to throw some money into the show to really get it growing. I'll see you all next week. Stay creative. Stay safe. <laughs>